Hello, and thanks for listening and joining us on the Be Yourself Happy, Healthy, Hopeful podcast. I'm your host, Steph, health promoter at the Bulimia Anorexia Nervosa Association in Windsor, Ontario. On this podcast, we explore topics related to health, mental wellness, and creating a happy, healthy, and hopeful life full of opportunity for yourself. Today, my guest is Marissa Casey. Marissa is a health promotion educator with BANA. Entering her third year with the organization, Marissa helps to organize and deliver over 200 presentations annually. Presentation topics vary from body image to self-esteem to social media and beyond, all with the purpose of raising awareness and improving the well-being of people in our community. Marissa, who is my coworker, is my partner in health promotion, and we often co-present in elementary and high school schools around our city, as well as to various community groups. She is my sounding board, collaborator, and positivity in my day. In addition to her role at BANA, Marissa is a wife to Patrick and proud mother of four-year-old twins, Liam and Benjamin. She is passionate about mental health, and in her spare time, her self-care includes practicing her photography skills, watching HGTV, scrolling Pinterest, being active, and reading. Thanks, Marissa, for joining me today for this discussion. It's fun to be here, even though I just saw you at work. So. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were joking that this one's just going to be us chatting away, <laughs> but we will try to educate and provide some information about eating disorders <laughs> and the work we do. As um, always. Yeah, as always, mm-hmm. th- that's what we do. So um, <laughs> I think we'll just start by, I described you, but I'm curious, you know, coming f- what you want to share with our community about yourself other than what I talked about. Oh, uh, well, I think you said it all there, but uh, I guess maybe I'll talk a little bit more about my job at yeah, Bana. So Bana um, is a community organization, mental health organization in our area, and we help people with eating disorders. So individuals will come to our office for treatment. Um, but we also do health promotion, which a lot of people aren't aware of. So the two of us mm-hmm. get to go into the community, um, do these presentations. They're all free. And really what the goal is increasing awareness, letting people know that there are places where they can get help in our area. And it's really unique to Windsor, um, which is amazing. A lot of places don't have um, outpatient treatment, so it's not really an option for people. Um, we're free. So um, really accessible to people who don't have private coverage or maybe can't afford it. Um, And also we aim to really talk about, like you said, self-esteem and body image because those are two things that we see um, people struggling with when they come to us. So Mm -hmm. I'm really passionate about that. And also just being a woman, understanding the pressures growing up, Mm -hmm. um, just being a girl and being a teenager puts you at risk. So it's really important that we're doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was really well said. Um, so Marissa's been there three years now, or almost three years? I'm in my third year now. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. And I just started last August of 2019. So I've been le- like learning the ropes from Marissa throughout this whole journey. And it really is a journey, I think, when mm-hmm. you start working at somewhere that puts the focus more on how we feel about ourselves mm-hmm. because because it's kind of an intimate topic too. Absolutely. Yeah. But what was one of the most surprising things you learned in starting up this work? Sure. So um, for me, like 
I always thought I had a pretty good relationship with food. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but just doing what we're doing now and realizing that there is this thing called disordered eating, which doesn't mean you have an eating disorder, but it it's just a way to describe a really unhealthy relationship with food. And it could look so different depending um, you know, mm-hmm. on who you are, where you are in your life, you know, it could be, you know, maybe yo-yo dieting, it could be fasting, it could be um, buying into fad diets that we know don't work in the long run, it could be counting calories, uh, all these things. And, um, you know, like actually looking at my behavior, you know, when yeah. I go to a restaurant, am I looking at that calorie count on the menu or am I actually just ordering something because it really appeals to me and is what my body's telling me that I want. So, Mm. um, yeah, just kind of, it made me look back on times in my life when maybe I didn't have a healthy relationship with food, but I didn't have an eating disorder, (laughs) Yeah, you know? Um, and just how pervasive it is in society. So now when I'm out and I hear people make comments, oh, I can't eat that. Or like, oh, you know, I I can eat this because I went, I worked out earlier today. So like, I deserve this. Well, is that a healthy relationship with food and exercise, right? What, what, what's the intention behind the exercise too? Mm-hmm. Should be because we love our body, that joyful movement. But we're told constantly by society and the media that you need to work out because you're maybe punishing yourself for having a treat or you got to get a body to look like whoever it might be. Yeah. <laughs> right? So yeah, It's it all just, around us. Exactly. So I guess it just really shifted my perspective and now I see it a lot more and I can't unsee it. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I feel like yeah. the blindfold comes off yeah. and then you're like, oh my God, what is the world that I've been living in? <laughs> but exactly. it is true and like other guests have mm-hmm. already have brought that to light too of how yeah. the media does such a good job at um, like shifting the way we feel about our bodies from such a young age absolutely yeah Yeah. and like kind of scary always trying to like brand um like disordered eating as wellness yeah (laughs) so it's like well actually that's that's not really healthy you know to do these detox teas and whatever it might be and they're trying to say oh well it's for your health and your wellness and well we're really trying to sell us something Yeah, yeah exactly exactly so um yeah just looking at it from another perspective and um and you see it a lot more in other people as well. So picking up mm-hmm. on that, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it tells yeah. you some, like some piece of information that you that you didn't really know about that person. Exactly. Um, yeah. So why do we talk about that self esteem and body image so much? I'll just give a preemptive as to our presentations. Yeah. So we do go into the schools from all the way from like JK up to uh, grade twelves, and each presentation focuses on something a little bit different related to eating disorders and um, the prevention piece. So we do discuss with really little ones, just some healthy habits, the food groups, um, nutrition basics, kind of just planting the seed there um, and talking about, you know, tuning into their hunger, recognizing when they're full and when they're, they're, they are hungry and, you know, listening to the body in that way. And also using language that is more neutral. Mm-hmm. So sometimes foods, everyday foods, so and maybe we can talk a little bit more. Yep. And then we also talk about self-esteem and body image with the grade five to eights and social media. And then when it comes to the high school students, we get more into eating disorders, mental health, what they are and how our environment affects those things. So, um, yeah, why do we talk about self-esteem and body image so much? Sure. Um, so oftentimes, when we, like I said, our clients will come in and, and two things that um, often are concerning across the board are um, concerning issues around or concerns around self-esteem and body image. Um, and we always 
like to, you know, self-esteem is just how much you like yourself. And, um, sometimes our clients just really don't, don't love themselves or value themselves. So, um, when we go into the schools and we just talk about how we get our self-esteem from all different places in our life and we want to make sure it's a variety of places, not just one thing. So just for example, um, maybe a lot of our self-worth is wrapped up in the body image or how you feel about your body and you don't love your body and you probably don't feel that great about yourself. So um, a lot of our work is establishing that healthy body image, what it is, um, helping people love themselves and realize that our self-esteem comes from so many different areas. Maybe it's your family or your hobbies or um, just that intrinsic value or knowing that you have something of worth to give the world. Um, it could be from self-care, um, our kids, anything, right? Yeah. Um, so sort of just figuring out, you know, what's what's the most important and what makes us feel good, what makes our, us love ourselves. And then um, we talk a lot about body image. So um, the way that we see our own bodies, because a lot of people that, again, see us, and I think a lot of people just walking around, <laughs> yeah. oftentimes they don't love their bodies or they're not they're not seeing their appearance or they're not they're seeing that distorted body image um so you know you'll you might hear the you know the old story or think things on tv you know oh you know like you look so good and people are like oh no I look so fat or mm -hmm. I look so bad mm -hmm. and you know you That's just more the norm exactly mm -hmm. exactly and, and just helping people pick out those things that they really 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 love about themselves mm -hmm. yeah so mm -hmm. so important those two aspects um so like this whole project of podcasting, it also came about due to um, a collaboration with the University of Windsor, and it was our mother-daughter workshop that was based on findings from research done with the PhD student who was on episode one, mm -hmm. um, all about mothers and daughters and how the mother's is the mother's behavior on social media and in real life is influencing the daughter's self-esteem and body image. So um, maybe you can tell us more about how we formulated that workshop. What were like some key takeaways that you found interesting? Yeah, sure. So um, we hosted uh, four uh, community workshops and it was really open to any positive influencers of youth. Um, it was marketed more to mother daughters, but we had some coaches, um, some youth, youth group leaders, basically anyone who is an influencer of youth, teachers, and a few key themes did come out of the research. And um, one thing that really, I guess, personally struck me was that, um, you know, our kids are always listening to us and mm -hmm. it's really important to be authentic and to be a role model, both online and offline, because, again, we're we're teaching the younger generation how to value themselves, how to have good self-esteem, um, have a good relationship with food, <laughs> good relationship with their body. And um, we try and highlight, you know, some of the things that go on, you know, maybe not mm -hmm. being authentic. Maybe you're always talking about dieting or um, shaming online regarding yeah. food or body weight, shape, size, or, you know, even those appearance-based comments, always focusing on the outward appearance um, and really how that can impact youth. So, 
again, where, where are the values being put? We want to get people shifting away from appearance and really focusing on those inner qualities, um, fostering self-esteem for, you know, who the person is and what they bring to the table, not just based on that outward appearance. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was really interesting. And I don't know if you want to comment, mm-hmm. but um, just some of the feedback and some people did leave maybe going, oh, I do that. Or like, yeah. I feel so bad now. And that's okay because we've all done it. Yeah. <laughs> and we always give examples and, I always say like I've I've done and said every one of these, so <laughs> don't feel bad. Yeah. Um, again, it's the society that we live in, and um, you know, change only takes place by talking about it. So, yeah. which is why we're doing what we're doing. That's so true. Yeah. For me, I'm trying to think back as to what was most um, surprising from those findings. I think one that is a takeaway is using, and I think parents can actually use this is using what's happening online as an opportunity to create discussion offline. And it doesn't necessarily have to be about their child itself, right? So it could be, oh, like I saw um, Miley Cyrus posted this online. What do you think about that? Like, you know, just opening the door with um, something that's happening online and then, you know, just talking to your child in real life yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> should be the norm. And it doesn't have to be like a big old thing. It could be, you know, you're driving to soccer and mm-hmm. you have that little sliver of time. Yeah. Use those little teachable moments yeah. online, offline. I really yeah. like that piece of advice yeah. there. And definitely like the face-to-face communication is so much more valuable than, you know, their mom from the other room texting them. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, that's where, like you said, the true teachable moments happen is is face-to-face. And I think using an example of maybe something you've seen online is a little bit less, <clears throat> excuse me, like intimidating or like the, the focus isn't only on the child. It's like, oh, let's take out, talk about this like third party, right? Yeah. Like let's go, get the conversation going. Um, it's just a nice way to kind of kind of get in there mm-hmm. when a lot of teens and young people don't want to talk to their parents. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I was kind of like that too. <laughs> so um, how do you think that social media and the landscape of what's going mm-hmm. on is impacting the way we feel about our bodies, um, specifically young people, like growing up in that world, how do you think they're internalizing that? Yeah. So, I mean, and this kind of like dates us mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit, but we always, when we go like going to schools, we'll say like, you know, we, we didn't grow up with social media. So it's a little bit different now. The landscape's changed. You know, if you were bullied at school about your weight, shape, size, well, that ended when you left school and yeah. then you go home. You could just be with your family or maybe call a friend that a really like supportive, trusted friend. You could be yourself with, yeah, "Yeah, escape a little bit. But now with social media and we are hearing like kids don't want to get off because they don't want to miss something or um, they go to school the next day. And then if they missed it, they're like not part of the social conversation. Um, So just it's really changed in terms of the sheer amount of time that they're on there Um, and also feeling the pressure. And then also like, sort of like this culture of like one-upping each other or like if they see something then they feel like oh I need to post that too or similar content so um you know unfortunately like lacks a little bit of individuality Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah so and then of course we know like just feelings around body image and there's so many things marketed um yeah you know advertisers can just get to kids 
so much easier. Whereas, you know, we had a subscription to a magazine probably yeah. in high school. I got 17 magazines yeah, same. <laughs> for my 16th birthday. I got a subscription. Right. So like we probably saw like Tommy Hilfiger ads in there, yeah. <laughs> whatever it was, CK or whatever. Right. Um, and like we just try and explain to ki- like kids, teens, youth that when we were growing up, we had to buy that magazine to see that or drive by a billboard or go to the mall. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's literally at their fingertips. And mm-hmm. Instagram, whether you tell them your age or not, they're going to figure it out based mm-hmm. on the kind of accounts you're following, based on, you know, the hashtags you're using, your activity. And then they can almost target it, target you even better than the, they were in the past. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, again, mm-hmm. not uh, not something they can escape mm-hmm. as easily as we could. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to like mental health in general. And we know that, you know, the more time you're spending online, Mm -hmm. the more negative young people and adults are feeling about themselves. Yeah. So that correlation between anxiety and depression and Mm -hmm. time spent online. Um, so because we work in mental health in general, what do you, how do you see the landscape of mental health services right now mm-hmm. and um yeah i'll just let you yeah sure um so i'll talk a little bit about um netic or national sure. eating disorder yeah. information center um so they actually launched um maybe i'll just repeat that sure yeah but, you go ahead yeah. you're a little clearer than me <laughs> wait what <laughs> you're a little clearer than me you can no repeat. no national eating disorder information center because you said yes. it quick so netic is, yes yeah um netic.ca um they actually launched not to uh not too long ago, their online chat options. So they um, just talking to people there. Yeah. Um, I think it's because we know, you know, youth teens, they're online. That's the, the yeah. mode of communication. That's a good point. Yep. And, um, and I mean, social media, as you know, we like to say a lot of the negatives, there are a lot of positives and there's a lot, people can find positive spaces. They can find places for support. Um, Netic does have an online chat option. So if they do say, you know, they get influx um, of, people using that around lunch times break times Mm. at schools so Mm -hmm. they know that a lot of the people are teens um that are using it so again um giving them a platform that's accessible for what they're they're used to and also sometimes it's a little bit more safe when you could it's not the face-to-face you can just type (laughs) and even like picking up the phone for some is a big feat yeah exactly them don't talk on the yeah. phone <laughs> <laughs> yes I, I have to say i'm falling into that trap well i'll just text me just text yeah, me yeah me too um so i don't even think i have if anyone's phone number memorized <laughs> me either i always wonder like what if something happened to me and yes. i didn't have my phone <laughs> yes yeah um and i will say for banna as well we don't have an online chat option but if you thought you wanted to come into to our office you, there is an intake form on our website that you can fill out so you don't mm-hmm. even have to call so we're we're kind of making strides in that that direction sure, as yeah, well yeah. so um yeah so just so people know that, that is available to yeah. them as well and i believe the kids help phone because it still mm-hmm. services teens they have a chat option now yeah. i believe and um another platform the big white wall yes yep. is also another place you could chat if you did need to talk about mental health with yeah. anyone and just <laughs> needed to reach out um actually that kind of jogged my memory of how this third or though this wednesday is Bell Let's Talk Day, January oh, yes, 29th. Yeah, yeah, so right. everyone get on social media and use it in a positive way. Exactly. And raise awareness for mental health. Exactly. And just breaking down those stigmas and, you know, realizing that it's strength to talk about it, not not a weakness, nothing to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think 
teens are getting on board mm-hmm. there's um jack.org is yes. also very present in a lot of our high school which is basically like a mental health community within mm-hmm. the schools they act as champions um s- s- telling about lived experience mm-hmm. and also helping people um feel less alone and and better supported to seek out help mm-hmm. so it's it's living in the schools which is yeah. really nice to see yeah. too awesome um, so in, like, because we do this every day, talk about social media and talk about how it, how our bodies, what it, because your mom to two young boys, mm-hmm. what are some like nuggets of info that you're like, Oh, I really want to pass that <laughs> on to my, my, my twins. Yeah, sure. So, um, so my kids, they're twins and, uh, they were born early, so they were small. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is something that I kind of always thought of, of course, since working at Vanna, what messages do I want them to hear, especially being boys and being small? Um, yeah. So I want to make sure, you know, their self-esteem isn't wrapped up in their size. Um, and I guess I always try and, um, I know I said this earlier, but not make appearance-based comments because yep. I think that just because they are twins, they get that a lot. Oh, they're so cute. Yes. Look at them. They look, they're so, oh, how do you tell who's who? You know, all these, so much attention just from being twins. Um, so... As much as we can, we try and treat them like individuals, not we don't call them the twins. Yeah. <laughs> we um, just say the boys or Ben and Liam, call them by their names. And I usually, um, if I'm going to make a comment, it's about something that they've done or about maybe internal characteristics. So instead of saying, you know, you look so handsome or you're so cute, which they are, <laughs> um, I'll try and say something like, oh, you know, what? that was really kind. We always talk about acts of kindness. So all yeah. oh, those nice act of kindness or, you know, that was really brave or so again, something about an internal quality um, or an act that they've done so that they're getting a little bit more praise for that and not just about appearance, which we know that they've really done nothing to achieve anything other than just being born you know, into their family and looking the way that they look. So, um, yeah, so Mm -hmm. that's, I often try to, and, um, it's hard though, because they do hear that a lot from school and yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, so you've spoken to me before. I don't know if you, I think you're comfortable with speaking with this. So about after, um, because you like they were twins Mm -hmm. and, you know, having a baby in general is such a, um, change to the body mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. You know, we're creating something out of nothing yeah <laughs> <laughs> and as women that can be a journey in terms of how you're feeling about your body and um and yeah so I just wanted you to speak about because they're twins too mm-hmm. maybe the impact that had on your mental health and your your body image sure yeah um, sorry that was really like okay. labor <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I haven't thought about these things in a while because they are four, but this is, um, yeah. So, I mean, I will say like getting pregnant. Sure. It's a little bit scary. And then all these, you start to think all these things immediately. And then, um, we were surprised to find out they were twins. So we didn't know, um, found out about about nine weeks. So then, uh, again, all these things go through your head and, um, you know, I would be lying if I didn't say thoughts about how my body's going to change you know like how much weight am I going to gain um will my body be the same after Mm -hmm. am I gonna have to have a c-section right like all these unknowns question marks um so I made it to 31 weeks so uh they were born eight weeks premature 
And I was basically measuring full term for a single. So I mm-hmm. had, and at that point I had gained about 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, so I was kind of like, oh, like, let's see how far this goes, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at that point, I was just You're like, like embracing it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would let's too. Let's see how much my skin can stretch. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So then I had them. Um, they had to be delivered from C- this, having a C-section. So um, there was that recovery aspect with that, yeah. which was a, a big recovery, a lot um, more strenuous on my body than I expected. And also you can't, um, you're pretty limited in terms of mobility. So, um, you just kind of got to let your body do what it does. And then. Which is a challenge for some people. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I will like even talking to friends, it's funny because that like the weight gain kind of comes up as well. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, some people are saying, oh, I've gained too much. My doctor told me I like, I got to slow down or I got to watch what I'm eating now or whatever it might be. Um, Or there might be that thought about, you know, well, I know when I'm pregnant, like my body fat's going to go up by this much, but then I'm going to breastfeed. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's just like all these things go through your head. So, And um, like what is, there's like some sort of perfect way to do it or like that's like what the, like the the back the like the not, not that hasn't been said there's yeah. like this background noise of like oh like this this is the way you should do it right, right? Yeah. exactly yeah or like oh like they went back to their normal pre pregnancy weight. weight like in this amount of time so then like there's that this pressure that exactly yeah. yeah so um yeah like I mean I will say for me um it didn't take I guess that long to get back to my pre baby weight. But the reason I, I believe for that was probably my mental health and the fact that, um, I did decide to breastfeed and, um, I was pumping a lot. So pumping Mm -hmm. milk and your body takes your body a lot of energy to produce milk. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I was really, really careful. I didn't want like my body to go, I didn't want to be dieting and be breastfeeding because, you know, I knew that I needed to have nutrients to fuel my body in order to do that um but um I will say that like where kind of like body image and weight Mm -hmm. and mental health like intersected for me and what this just illustrates like to society yeah (laughs) was um like I was out at a Christmas party and this was about like a month after they were born and um my friend was like oh like yeah you look so good like what Mm -hmm. the heck like whatever. I was wearing a dress that I would have worn before. And then Almost I just like shaming you in a different yeah. way. Like <laughs> I think it was well intended. Yes, it was very well intended. And then, I mean, just the stress of them being in the NICU and yes. like all of that. So like, I kind of just like, I didn't snap, but I just said, well, having a kid in the NICU will do that to you. So you but, spoke up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really, <laughs> I should have just said, well, I'm extremely busy. I'm, you know, pumping, I'm trying to breastfeed, I'm, you know, and emotionally drained. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your emotions sometimes affect the way that you're eating. Not that I'm consciously trying to eat or not eat, but that was just the byproduct well, of my stress. Human, though. <laughs> I, you're just so nice, though. <laughs> and also, Marissa's snap is like, <laughs> it's very nice. It's, a, <laughs> it's not my version of snap. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. Yeah. I was very short, I guess. Sure. Was, yeah. yeah. Um, and it, but it was just like now, like looking back on it, mm-hmm. like my body was looking that way only because mentally I was not the greatest. I was not the greatest. Yeah. Exactly. So and, you know, like mental health, 
you don't have men- like physical health but mental health and vice versa. So that's just a perfect, perfect example. Um, so I guess for me, it, it wasn't a huge issue, but I will say like I was inundated with things on social media around yeah. um, weight loss, you know, post baby. Um, and again, probably because Instagram knows <laughs> yeah. what I'm following. Well, you, maybe you searched like, a certain type of bottle exactly. before they were born and now yes. they know oh a few months later yeah, yeah. let's let, let's hit her with uh, the detox teas yes. <laughs> <laughs> all the advertisement exactly yeah. yeah and like following like new mommy blogs and like mm-hmm. using different hash- hashtags right yeah um so i absolutely look back looking back now with this knowledge i know that i was being targeted for like certain things and um mm. and yeah thinking you know like instead of just honoring what my body did and that I've grown these two lives yeah, <laughs> um, and letting my body do what it, you're then all of a sudden right from the get-go feeling like, oh gosh, my body, what's it going to do now? Is it going to be the same? Is it mm-hmm. not? Should I be exercising right now? Should I not be exercising? Should, where should my focus be? It's like, yeah. well, no, your focus should just be enjoying where you are. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was, it definitely was a journey. And then now it's funny because I'm out of it, like out of that stage. Um, so I can look at it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. But, but it probably yeah. really informs the work that you do now with totally. us. Totally. Yes. Yeah. And you were guided here. Yeah. Under, <laughs> you know, me and my signs yeah. and my guides. Um, but even so, like I, we know this, but then in my conversations for the podcast, mm-hmm. each person has spoke about body image in like a different mm-hmm. way and how sure. external influences or their experiences, they've had body image issues. And that's mm-hmm. something we tell everyone, like no one's immune to no. body image issues. So exactly. um, it, it's cool to hear these different perspectives. Yeah. And I know a lot of moms are going through like a similar situation as what you went through yeah. and feeling like, like Amy Schumer speaks really well about yeah, it. I don't know if you've yeah, heard about that. Yeah. Like she'll just make comments about, or she'll use her platform to normalize what's going on with her sure. body. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like like things are definitely not the same as they were. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the only thing guaranteed, I guess, in life is everything's gonna change. Yeah. And your body's gonna change, and like you just you know you love your scars and your stretch marks and whatever else it makes you you. Like you mm-hmm. have to celebrate that. And, and then you, you have, have these two beautiful exactly. children. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you try and like silence the noise and, and, and again, look critically at the media. We talk a lot about that, especially with teens and youth. You know, what you're seeing is not always true. It's often not true. Often yeah. filtered and edited or somebody's taken a million pictures before they have something they find somewhat acceptable <laughs> to yeah. post. Um, and so that's I, real. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I get, I guess just trying to find those real people online and people that you can look up to that maybe have a similar body type than as you and they're celebrating that and finding those positive role models is really, really important. Yeah. yeah. Or just doing things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and exactly. It doesn't matter about their appearance either. Yeah. Um, but that does lead me to my next question mm-hmm. about positive influencers Um, anyone on or offline that you look up to that has helped you, um, embrace your body? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, it's a hard one. Like embrace my body personally. Uh, No, I know. Um, (laughs) honestly, just like, um, there are a few, excuse me, sorry, um, celebrities out there that have just sort of like demanded more transparency in the Mm -hmm. industry. So, um, cause again, like in the past it was kind of just 
for big magazines, like they would use Photoshop and like that wasn't really accessible for all of us. But now we know there's so many apps and things like that where somebody can edit, yeah. you know, just touch of a button. So um, uh, Jamila Janelle, I know that a lot of people look up to her. Yeah, um, we love her. Yeah. <laughs> she calls out all the uh, dip, like di- uh, diet product marketers. Yes, <laughs> yes. Hilarious. Yeah. If no one um, has follows her on social media, you should. Um, she write, she rewrites a lot of captions that are hilarious. Um, and I know a lot of other people have, uh, celebrities specifically, have said they will not be in certain magazines if they're retouched. So yes. I think that's amazing. Um, Alicia Keys, she yes. wears no makeup. Yep. She's made the decision. She's like, I just want people to see my face and who I truly am. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So people just like showing themselves and then they're just being themselves. Yeah. And that's beautiful. So um, yeah, I'm trying to think. And uh, Jamila Jamal also the I way uh, hashtag I way um, really challenges people to define themselves other by something other than the number on the scale. So um, you know, for me, if I had to do an I way, it would be like mother, you know, daughter. I'm a wife. I'm a health educator. You know, photographer. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, there's so many things that make me me um, that are so much more important than how much I weigh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like her too. <laughs> I also follow. Um, at uh, the bird's papaya. Yes. We like her. Yes, and she's Canadian. Yeah, she's so. Canadian. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that we miss that we really like. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll come back to it <laughs> if we think of anyone. Um, okay, so I wanted to ask you too about what do you find most fulfilling about Ooh. the work we do at Banna? Um. For me, I think for me, what's most fulfilling is we do a lot of um, public awareness, letting people know there are places like Vanna. A lot of people don't know that or they don't they just have questions about our services. And um, I'm always really, I guess, encouraged by um, when I see people that I've spoken to in the community come into our doors. So that means that what we're doing is working um, and, um, you know, we, we would never acknowledge somebody coming into the office. We're very confidential and, you know, would never acknowledge anyone in the community that comes to our office because um, we it's a very safe space. But, um, you know, if I just see them walk by and I think, oh, you know what, I talk to that person. I let them know how to access our services. And I know that by us being out there and doing that, that they've made their way to us and they're going to get help that they mm-hmm. that they need and that they deserve. That's, that's really... Um, I guess encouraging, encouraging to me and fulfilling, and shows me that we are making a difference. Mm-hmm. I really love that. Um, and then, what do you find the most hardest about our role, mm. or the most difficult, most challenging? Yeah, that's hard. Um, I guess I, I, it's just it's just hard when. Um, like you're out, you're doing a presentation, mm-hmm. you're getting those messages out there. Um, and then, uh, you know, you go to leave and, and there's a comment made about, mm-hmm. you know, maybe something, <laughs> something around, that we somebody's, just covered. <laughs> around somebody's, someone's weight or, or, you know, someone says, you know, we, we talk a lot about like, um, destigmatizing, you know, the, just people living in larger bo- bodies, right? Like that's, we come in all different shapes and sizes and then, you know, somebody comes in and they grab their stomach and say, oh, well, I don't have that problem. I, well, mm-hmm. no, like people with eating disorders come in all shapes and sizes and that's what we're trying to get across. But it just shows you how 
um, in society, things are so deeply mm-hmm. rooted and like there's just this either stigma or thought that if you have an eating disorder, you need to look like X, which right. we know like most people with an eating disorder, they're an average weight, maybe be considered a little bit like larger weight. Um, so again, like you can't tell who's struggling just by looking at them. But um, so, yeah, I guess it's when we're go- trying to get that message out there, but we're still yeah. kind of and I think some of it's just people don't know what to say. Yeah. They're, they're in a very uncomfortable space, so they just fill it with a comment. Um, but sometimes it's it's the very thing we're trying to kind of get rid of is that yeah. these feelings around weight, shape, size and that some, that somehow equates to your worth or, um, you know. And trying to think of different examples but yeah you know what i mean i think that was like well said and well um like it came across in the way you wanted it (laughs) to so i know that was great um yeah that's that's a hard part of it too what do you think and i think um i spoke to this with another guest about people uh, aren't ready to hear the message sometimes yeah and like they've been ingrained in a certain way in society yeah. or they themselves may ha- maybe have an issue mm-hmm. um, and aren't comfortable with coming Absolutely. forward with it. Yeah. So that readiness piece with any mental health service is, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Or you go in one. and somebody's on a diet at that moment or maybe they're doing shakes or something. And, you know, even though well-intended, we know that diets don't work. Mm-hmm. Right? It just kind of sets up this cycle. Um, so it, sometimes that's an uncomfortable place to, to talk you know, come into a classroom or a community group if, if that is something that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's the conversation about, you know, eating everything in moderation, listening to our bodies, um, really being mindful about what we're eating too. So, which we could talk a little bit more about, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So one thing that we do get asked a lot is um, how people can support someone who has an eating disorder mm-hmm. or how to help them get help so maybe we'll talk about that a bit too yeah sure so um the number one thing we always suggest to people um if they if there's somebody in their life that they feel might be struggling with an eating disorder is just to be that person um that's there to support them without judgment um i know we talked a lot about people being maybe embarrassed about having a mental illness or feeling a little bit shameful or they don't want to come forward because they're not sure how they're going to be judged. So it's just really important that that person knows that you're there, you're going to be a support to them no matter what, and that you're not judging them for maybe um, having those thoughts and feelings that that's completely mm-hmm. normal. It's okay. Um, getting help, it's what, what's really important. So um, help could really look different depending on the person. So it might just be, hey, I know this place, Banna, like this is their card. Yeah. So giving them our phone number. It might be... Um, looking at the website with them. It might be, oh, do you want me to drive you to that first appointment? I'll wait in the waiting room for you. So again, just being that friend, supportive person, you're not taking on the role of the therapist. Um, that's way too big of a burden for anybody to take on. You're not a professional and you shouldn't. Um, so knowing your boundaries too, because um, sometimes we'll go out into the communities and people say, I just try and tell them like how amazing they are. And it's like, well, <laughs> you're just their supportive friend. You don't need to convince them of anything. The only thing mm-hmm. you need to do is support them maybe in, in getting the help that they need to get. Um, and also maybe not not putting it on the person, not saying there's something wrong with them, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm concerned about you. How, how can I help you? And also if they do confide in you, thanking them for trusting you with that information and then asking them, you know, thank you so much for confiding in me. How can I help you? Mm-hmm. Sometimes... Um, we don't know how to help, but just asking the person what they need um, right. can go really far. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really well put too. I, um, because obviously all these people, they they see their per, their person, their friend, their loved one struggling. Yeah. And that's like the number one question. Yeah. So <laughs> perfect. Glad yeah. you uh, shared that whole piece with um, our audience too. So in terms of the health promotion services, that's more like the clinical aspect. How does one... Um, attain our services and how do they book a presentation or an educational session? All right. Awesome. So it's really easy to access um, our presentations. Um, There's a few options. You can either email us at info at vana.ca or you can use the form on our website. So vana, V-A-N-A dot C-A. And then um, you can go to request a presentation. And we have a few different presentations depending on um, the age of the, the audience. So for our JKs to grade fours, we do presentations um, on bullying, body-based harassment, and nutrition. Uh, so they're recorded puppet shows. And then we do some Q&A and an activity. And then for the grade fives to eights, we have a presentation on self-esteem and body image. And then for the grade nine and up uh, into adulthood, we do talk more about eating disorders specifically, mental health, uh, body image, and social media. So um, really we go four years old all the way up. We do community groups as well. So if anybody, um, maybe you're a youth group leader, girl guides, Um, sports teams, um, whatever it might be, we um, do lots of community groups. So you can utilize um, either that email, our website intake form, or you can also call our office as Mm -hmm. well. So you got lots of avenues to reach us. (laughs) Okay. So yes. So because we talk about the social media piece in grades five to eight, as well as in the high schools, what do you, what is the main takeaway that um, we usually talk to them about? Sure. So um, for us, a big one is um, that whole idea that on social media, there's this perception versus reality. And unfortunately, we're only seeing a small piece of somebody's whole life. And usually it's the best of the best pieces. So, you know, times when people look the best, when they're, you know, makeup outfits on point when they're doing fun things when they maybe they're on vacation um with really um fun people right or they're maybe at a concert and which is great like all of us do this but Mm -hmm. the the problem lies that that we are making comparisons so we call it the comparison trap and we're always constantly comparing, 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 mm-hmm. um, you know, our body weight, shape, size, or looks or hair, fashion, material goods, fancy vacations, relationships. And sometimes that can lead to um, us, you know, having this distorted body image or um, altering uh, what we think we need to live up to um, and affecting ultimately our self-esteem and possibly body image as well. So, you know, I can get into the whole like fitspiration, lots of people documenting mm-hmm. fitness, which fitspiration. exactly. And, and sometimes it can be really inspirational people, mm-hmm. you know, doing things in a very healthy way. Um, unfortunately there's very unhealthy practices that are showcased as well. And sometimes for a young person, it's really hard to tease that out. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what is yeah. <laughs> healthy and and what's what's potentially very could be life threatening, right? And could lead to an eating disorder. So yeah, yeah, this isn't something that would lead to an eating disorder. However, well, I don't know. I was doing a presentation you weren't in that day. Oh, okay, and, I, and after the presentation, kind of like what you said about yeah. being difficult about our job. So after our presentation, 
a couple of the young males in the class just asked me, oh, miss, like, what do you know about creatine? And like taking right. creatine after, <laughs> after a workout. And I was like, okay, like, you know, okay, fair question. But yeah. it also sheds light on what you were, what you were saying about young people um, teasing out the information sure. from social media. Yeah. Obviously, they learned that somewhere. And likely it's it's from like an, a a Fitspiration right. or a Fitspo account, yes. right? Yeah, maybe like some bodybuilding and maybe they want to bulk up, right? And yeah. then that kind of almost turns into a conversation about body image and like, okay, you want to work out. Do you want to work out to build muscle? Do you want to work out to change your appearance? Why do you want to change your appearance? So, it, I mean, that could lead so many places. And yeah, and like you said, there's there's so much misinformation and, mm-hmm. and where where are you getting the information from? Yeah. yeah. And maybe they're just trying to be sold something too. Again, yeah. that advertising marketing comes in and marketing plays on our emotions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so I'm nearing the end of our discussion here today, but because we're called the Happy, Healthy, Hopeful podcast, mm-hmm. um, we did speak a little bit about happiness and, and li- leading a healthy life- lifestyle, but I wanted to ask you about hopeful, and you can you can uh, answer this to your discretion, but I always say, like, what are you hopeful for in 2020, or what are you hopeful for in terms of the work we do? Basically, you can use this question to your liking (laughs) sure um okay I'm trying to think here I think in terms of the work that we do um we do have some exciting things coming up which I won't talk about specifically because I don't I don't know if we actually can I'm not sure but yeah maybe uh, yeah some of that I don't know (laughs) under the wraps yeah we um, do have I mean, we don't know when this one will air, but we do have Eating Disorder Awareness Week coming up, which is February 1st to 7th. Right. So um, we'll be out in the community, um, again, trying to get the word out about BNS services. We've got some really great community partners, so I'm always hopeful new people. And and we've honestly been super supported and um, by people in our community. So that has me already hopeful because we've we've tried to engage people and just doing the work we're doing, we're getting a really great, great response. Um, and also some of that work may be around changing people's um, thoughts and attitudes on, on weight and shape and mm-hmm. um, how that relates to health. And also just um, trying to get to those adult influencers because we know that they do affect mm-hmm. young minds. So um, stay tuned to some of that work that hopefully um, you'll be seeing in the community. So I'm really hopeful for those projects coming up. Mm, that's awesome. And anything yeah. On a personal level that you're oh, excited about in 2020? Well, I think it's funny because my husband and I are like, this is our year to what self-care. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, because now they're a little older. The yeah. Twins, so, so, yeah. So, 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 or not the twins. That's so okay. Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> so the, they are older. So it's getting a little bit better in terms of um, getting out. We're not as tied down to the home, um, which is great. Mm-hmm. So I guess just, just carving a little bit more um, time for myself, which I mean, of course, it's I love spending time with uh, family, but um, yeah, kind of just finding some things, new hobbies that I enjoy and, and even just spending a little bit more time um, on the hobbies that I that ex- are existing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I think you are really good at that, though. Like you mentioned oh, that, but <laughs> you do make time. I try. Yeah, yeah. It's getting better. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's a lot of things that you have to juggle in, in life yes. right now. Yeah. Yes, and, and things are always changing. That, Like I said, it's the only thing that's a guarantee in life is that things will change. So mm-hmm. just accepting that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's great advice. All right, so thanks so much for chatting with me today. Yes. I'll um, see you tomorrow at work. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. 
And um, if you want to learn more about eating disorder services within our community, you can visit at Banna Windsor on our platforms as well as our website, www.banna.ca. Um, and as Marissa said, if someone in your life is struggling, be that supportive friend and help guide them to the help that they need. And that is all for today. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Be Yourself, the Happy, Healthy, Hopeful podcast. It was recorded at MediaWorks Studios located at 1030 Walker Road in Windsor, Ontario. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MediaWorksStudiosYQG. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MediaWorksYQG. For more exclusive content, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. 